Slow Ride Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 30th. On this week's podcast, we discuss the best and worst things in the world of bikes and our personal favorite moments riding a bicycle. As a reminder, our podcast is available on both iTunes and Stitcher. Just search The Slow Ride. We, all, we also have an all-new Facebook page at facebook.com, The Slow Ride Podcast. You can also find us at theslowridepodcast.com. My name is Tim Hayes. I'm in Gainesville, Florida. You can find me on Twitter at the Super Rookie. And I'm joined by Matt, the little guy, Allen, a bicycle messenger in Minneapolis, where he once purchased an ice fishing house to put in his backyard. And Matt, I have known you for over a dozen years now, and that is yes. quite possibly the dumbest purchase you have ever made. There Why I said it, it. Why? Why do you say that? Because you bought it's an... full of tools right now. It's 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 serving a purpose as a sh- as a shed. So you bought an ice fishing house to be a shed. Tim, <laughs> have no Tim you should go. You should go to like Menards online or something and look at how much sheds cost. Because I I think I paid a hundred dollars for like what what is a really big shed would have cost a lot more. So it's got a hole in the floor though. There's no hole in the floor. Well then, yeah. how is it a nice fishing house? It was an art shanty. Matt can really? be reached at yeah. Matt can be reached at the little guy Matt on Twitter. We're also joined as always with Spencer, who lives in Boston, where he works in the industry. Rumor has it he will be attending the Cycle Messenger World Championships in Mexico City in his capacity as an industry representative. How excited are you to go to Mexico City for the Cycle Messenger World Championships? I am pretty excited. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I have not been to a Cycle Messenger World Championship since 2003 when I competed poorly in Seattle. So, are you uh, going to compete? I do. I get a free entry to the race, you know, as part of our uh, sponsorship deal of the race. So, uh, I don't know. I get to go embarrass myself again. It's going to be pretty cool. Before we, before getting on to the best of the week, I want to give a quick update on Little 500 from this past weekend in Bloomington, Indiana. The race was won on the last lap sprint by a team called the Black Key Bulls which happens to be the coolest name of all the teams in the race. And sadly, I have to report that my team, Dodd's House, performed as well as you could expect of any team that I choose as my favorite, with a crazy crash halfway through the race in which the rider did a complete full rotation in the air, endo. And we've got the link on the website. It's definitely one of the coolest crashes I've ever seen. So great job, Dodd's House. Way to go out on your back. So with that said, Spencer, what was the best of the week for you? There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on. We're starting to get into the meat of the season, you know, the, all the speed week crits, Athens, and everything going on. There's, you know, there's all kinds of bike racing. There's all kinds of Euro stuff going on. Uh, people are building up to the tour and everything. And uh, I don't know. There's like so much racing. I don't know what to pick. So I didn't pick any racing. Um, wow, somebody is- here. Quite yeah, the somebody here in New England posted a uh, posted a link to all the gravel races and rides that are happening in New England, and there's oh. like about a million of them. Then uh, shortly thereafter, one of my favorite uh, pro racers, uh, Carolyn Mani of French Cyclocross fame, uh, posted on her Facebook page her like upcoming schedule, and she's doing a whole bunch of really cool. Uh, events throughout the Midwest, like non-sanctioned stuff. Like she's she's and she's actually going to Almanzo, which is one of my favorite events of all time, uh, in Minnesota. 
and uh, so she'll be racing with all the folks there and I was just like kind of blown away by that fact like uh, little event in Minnesota uh, has gotten to this place where pro racers on the international circuit are like yeah I want to go do that and uh, I was super impressed and, uh, and it's awesome that she's a rad person and uh, you know I've, I've got to work with her in the past on a sponsorship kind of level so so that was cool to see, and uh, it made me super stoked for this week and all the awesome racing that's going on, no matter what kind of surface you're doing it on or what style. So I'm just jazzed on this time of year. Everything's awesome. Cool. So I want to talk about two things here. One, um, what a gratuitous mention of French cyclocross. Ding. <laughs> and two, yes. um, gravel racing and gravel grinders. And I saw this picture where she posted all of the races that she'll be going to. It definitely looks exciting. And it's definitely a uh, feather in the cap for the Almanzo. For those of you that don't know about the Almanzo, it's a it's big, a- the biggest gravel road or biggest gravel grinder race in probably the world at this point. It's free. You send the postcard in a couple months in advance. It's in Southern Minnesota. And then you go and experience. But the bigger question is, do you think that there's like a market now for gravel grinders in the coaching business? Like, is there a coach can, like coaching can, specific? Can we can we just please stop saying gravel grinder? Just <laughs> sure, can sure. we just nix this out of the vocabulary completely? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. do you think that there's a gravel? Do you think there's coaches that are based strictly on their gravel knowledge? I'm sure somebody's <laughs> angling for this. Yeah. Their, um, their knowledge of how to maintain traction and put all that power down at all times. So, Where do you store? the beer so little guy what yep. do you have the almanzo yeah give us a quick little uh you've done it you've yes. beaten spencer at it um what do you uh <laughs> i have ex- he? explain he to me what you think <laughs> what what do i what i would say about it? it's a great event it's a lot of fun it's um really long i can't find enough water when i do it and it's there's just so much climbing it's it's good stuff with that, little guy, what was your best of the week? Oh, my best of the week, you know, I'm glad we, we waited to do this podcast a little extra this week because um, Rico getting busted today <laughs> in a McDonald's parking lot out in the suburbs <laughs> or something is just beautiful. Um, he's like he's like watching a car crash. You just can't look away, and he just keeps happening and happening. So and I'm excited because... <laughs> This means we don't probably have to hear about him trying to beat the record for Alp Duez all doped up and claiming that it was clean or some bullshit. Let's give, you know, some of our listeners don't know who Rico is, because for us, he's the main. Wait, wait, wait. He's People the don't cobra. know who Rico is? Who doesn't know? Who doesn't know? Okay, it's let's, cobra. let's, so Ricardo Rico, former. Yep. He's amazing. Yeah. Ricardo Rico, former, what, Juro white jersey winner amateur jersey or younger the white jersey i think he was second and then he that same year he went to the tour and just destroyed people and you could just tell he was dirty and we always knew he was dirty but then he went to that tour and he was just so good and it was and he was cocky and jerky about it so cocky he's just he's one of the worst people so let's talk obviously really really stupid like he's a really stupid human yes well let's talk idiot he oh, got yeah. busted in 2007. He sat out for two years. That was 2007 was the year he won the tour stage, and his nickname was the Cobra. And he called his attack. Remember, he said, yep, "I'm gonna beautiful. attack you," and he did. Yep. And he looked him in oh, the yeah. eyes, and he attacked, and he yep. won like crazy with um yep. your boy Garzelli, right? 
Garzelli in the tour? Probably not, but... So, well, so he attacks, and he wins the stage, and then yes. he proceeds to get banned for two years, and he comes yep. back, and he's back for, what, maybe six months, and then he gets rushed to the hospital with kidney yep. failure because yep. he did a blood transfusion with the wrong blood. Yeah, he used his wife's blood, it seems. I guess well, that's not proven in a court of law, but he seems like he probably used... His wife or his mm. someone else's no, it blood. Was the no, because this is the other important I'm, part. I'm, there was I'm... the girlfriend. Yeah. There was the girlfriend that got busted for EPO in her refrigerator, and yeah. then he broke up with her. Remember? Yeah. And he then he used his... someone else's blood. You don't think it was yeah. her blood? You think it was well, somebody else's blood? I don't hey. know whose it was, but this guy's uh, track record. So then he gets banned for <laughs> 10 years. Ten years. And starts doing grand fondos. And he starts <laughs> doing <laughs> grand. Else. He starts doing yeah. grand fondos, and he writes this thing about how he's going to break the records on all of these big climbs. Yep. To which we get to the point today that he yep. was arrested in the McDonald's parking lot because he was getting more dope for these <laughs> grand. I, like, this is I the backstory most... people need to know. Oh, yeah. he's. I, I, the, I, I mean, enjoyed... the real backstory is he's just he was a total jerk. Every other cyclist hated him. Yes. And he was he was a pale little doughboy that you'd watch him and you'd think there's no way that guy can be a good bike racer, and then he would just crush everybody. You just immediately knew he was doping, you know. Well, and his, I'm, and his nickname I'm glad was the it Cobra. ended like uh, like all good crime stories do in the parking lot of a McDonald's. <laughs> um, oh. You know, and, and as a side note, when I was messengering in in Philadelphia, there was a, a McDonald's that we used to ride by on the way to go home and. Every single time we rode past it, somebody would point at it and say, "Dude, that's where ODB got arrested, <laughs> stealing shoes from the Foot Locker next door or something." It was awesome. Whoa! Whoa! Hey guys! Hey! With that sound, that means we need to get to my best of the week. What's your uh -oh. best of the week? So today is last uh, day in April, and do tell. And with May first coming, it's National Bike Month. And I had the privilege this past week to do a ride around the city of Gainesville with a representative of the League of American Bicyclists. And um, they were doing like a, uh, a tour of the city to see where we rank, if we're like a gold level city or a silver level city. Like Minneapolis is a gold level city, right? And yeah, Gainesville's silver trying to get to gold. Silver? And it's a, it's a strong silver from what I hear. And oh. as we're touring the city, yeah. You get to, you know, we got to learn a lot, um, the advocates that were on the ride, but then also the Gainesville Department of Public Works. It was real educational, but it really brought together, like, this idea for me that the best of the week going into National Bike Month that, I mean, we're roadie nerds. We like racing on the gravel. We also like commuting. And there's two groups, League of American Bicyclists, which have been around since the late 1800s when they started to build roads as the League of American <laughs> Wheelmen. And then also you got the group out of uh, Boulder, Colorado, called Bikes Bel or, uh, People for Bikes. It used to be Bikes Belong. And both these groups do a ton for us that are just regular bike nerds. And I think that they are the best thing about cycling right now in the week, that these groups are you know, responsible for doing lots of important things. So, so what's the tactic when you're riding around town with the League of American Bicyclists? Do you show them the best that Gainesville had to offer, or do you show them the worst and be like, "Dude, yo, we need some help." Like, <laughs> well, so, I mean, to be honest, I was a little scared that we would get ranked gold because there's so much more we can do here as a city. Like, we 
you know, and of course they showed all the bells and whistles, like, let's go on a tour with the League of American Bicyclists. And they're like, here's this nice path. And of course, they're, it got mowed like three days ago. And mm-hmm. there's just debris all over the trail and everything. <laughs> I will say that, you know, you got to show them a mix of everything. You got to show them the worst parts, and then you got to show them the really successful good things. And, you know, we have both here. Can I say that I imagine that the person from the league is probably on a penny farthing and has a really nice mustache? <laughs> I was imagining that he would show up with a folding bike, but it was neither. <laughs> yeah. That would make more sense. I would like to imagine that they're sort of stuck in a time warp and they have to dress and act like they did when the club was founded. <laughs> exactly. Well, and with that, that's the end of the best of, of the week for you. Um, if you have any feedback, you can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. We'll be back with the worst of the week in just a second. Sable Island, endless summer Oh my god, I'm hot to steal Beside myself in friendless number I ain't got no culture, nothing Dirty words, but that don't count Flight attendants, waitresses Superstition, good amount There's work to do, hell to pay Memories and fingerprints Calling Papa ignorance And I don't wanna go Back with the worst of the week in bikes And I'm gonna start the conversation off Two quick ones The first one, we put a link down there but the UCI mountain bike downhill race was in Australia this past weekend, and a pro rider crashes at the top of the mountain, and then there's a spectator there that says, oh, let me help you bring your bike down to the bottom of the mountain because you need to you know, take the ATV down. So the spectator starts walking the bike down, and he gets to the course where it intersects where he's going, and he says, ah, oh, man, I'm going to ride this through the whoops in front of where hundreds of spectators are so I can show them how good I am. And he gets about through one whoop, and he goes ass over tea kettle, lands on his head, not wearing a helmet, and he eventually needs to be meadow-vacked out. So yes, don't try to ride a mountain bike or a downhill bike down a professional downhill course unless you have the skills. Did you guys yeah. see this? I did see it. It was terrible to watch, but it's hard to not want to watch it. I saw it as well. I saw somebody on the Facebooks or the Twitters uh, saying that that was actually the, uh, whoever the rider was, his mechanic or something, you know, taking his bike down and got goaded into riding it by the fans uh, Uh, and then kind of messed himself up. I don't know if that's uh, hearsay or what, but uh, that was one side of the story that I heard. It didn't look good. It did not look good, but I've heard that he's, you know, still clearly did not have the skills to be riding the bike down the professional no. level course. So don't, uh, don't listen to the spectators. Yeah. And no. so that was not the worst of the worst. To me, the worst of the week was the big crash at the Athens Twilight Criterium in Athens, Georgia. I've been to this crit last uh, two years ago. Easily one of the coolest events I've ever been to. It's five or six deep all the way around the course. And it's a nighttime crit. It's in conjunction with the spring fling festivities at the University of Georgia. And basically a rider goes down hard right at the end of, uh, right around the blind spot, the exit of turn two. So riders can't see um, where he is. And the moto official puts his bike behind him because this guy is clearly um, incapacitated to the point that they need to get him off on a backboard. And, of course, the next lap comes around, and the riders just go screaming into the back of the moto, and it's even more chaos. And this goes on for another, 
lap or two. And it was just a complete disaster. I don't know how they should have solved it. I don't think it was the official's fault. The, it's a you know one-minute lap. But maybe the cops could have done a little bit of a better job to go out and, and stop the riders. What do you guys think of, of, of the fine law enforcement officials that tend to corner marshal criteriums that we have raced in the past? Well, they're, they're usually in their car not paying attention. So um, they probably that's probably why they didn't help out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think they're there for crowd control, um, yeah. which is critical, course. especially on that course uh, where there's, you know, thousands of fans. I don't think they have any idea what's going on in the race or how to stop it or how to safely do anything. So it's probably a good idea they didn't all go running out into the course, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, there's probably a better way to alert the field to uh, the incident rather than um, setting up the moto to protect that guy around the corner where they couldn't really see it and you know the front half of the field piles into the motorcycle um, so what would you suggest what would you I don't know um, you're a resident official yeah well I don't have to deal with uh, you know 55 second laps and 180 guys in the field so um, you probably is... should, just shouldn't have 55 second laps with 180 guys in the field it's kind of pointless and, well it's that's crazy. kind of the appeal of that race you know really yeah. I mean <laughs> so, I guess I understand that but I, I mean, at the, at the same time, there comes a point, obviously, they don't want to ever, like, stop the race or something, but there's there's times when it just has to be yeah. done. There's too many well, people. I mean, Nature Valley, yeah. a few years ago, there were so many people on the course, they just had to neutralize it, right? You know, at the yeah. uptown. But yeah. Well, it, it seemed like it, it happened. And what was, yeah, what was a positive out of it is it, it took the one lap for the field to realize that there was, you know, a serious injury happening and they needed to do something about it. Um, and then they, they actually did, you know, police themselves, you know, because there's so much chaos and the officials, you know, at the start line or finish line or whatever, they probably didn't even know what was going on yet. You know what I mean? Like, cause the one official that had seen it tried to prevent people from running into this injured guy. And then he got knocked down. I heard he broke some ribs, uh, with the speed that people <laughs> impacted into him. Um, so it was just a mess, you know, I'm sure half of the, the official people there didn't know what was going on yet, even at that point. So uh, the riders did take it in their own hands to, you know, slow the field down and say, you know what, we're going to ride a couple laps neutral till they get this sorted. And uh, so good for them, you know? Uh, yeah. I it, mean, was it was a mess, though. It, it was, was a total mess. mess, but it was still a fun race to watch. So, uh, little guy, what was your worst of the week? Uh, my worst of the week is just generally going to be the idea that – here locally in Minnesota, we can race bikes in April. Um, mm. It's kind of a it terrible a... idea. The weather, the last like week, it has just been like 40 degrees and raining. And if you how look many, at the numbers, how many like, races have you had canceled already? Well, we had we had we had one road race has been canceled, and one uh, crit this last Tuesday night, yesterday's Tuesday night Worlds was canceled. The campus crit had three people in the one two three field over the weekend <laughs> One, I, I think Hollywood won the 35 plus because he was the only rider in the 35 plus it actually was a crit where there was more racers in the collegiate races Wow. So, <laughs> which does not happen in Minnesota but, yeah. you know I was I was gonna go if it was even reasonably nice out and it it was literally like 
40 degrees and downpouring when my race would have started. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of no point in throwing a race right now. Um, well, yeah, I think we've kind of long said April, like in Minnesota, especially, and I think a lot of states do this is they just want to get the racing going so bad that yeah they put a million races in April and May when the weather can be iffy and you know July August kind of you know are lighter for sure yeah and Minnesota's like, getting we're... better uh, putting yeah. a few more races at the end of the calendar but it's still it's uh, it's really front heavy but Spencer <laughs> what is the what is the worst of the week for you okay so I was uh you know like like my best of the week was just kind of how everything's awesome. And so I was really kind of struggling with, with a, a worst of the week. Um, Athens was pretty bad. That was on my list of possibilities for sure. But, uh, I, I, I opened up the cycling news to kind of look for some inspiration for terrible things that are happening. And, uh, and I was, I got it right away, right off the bat. Um, there was a big headline article earlier this week, uh, when tour Romandy started and, uh, uh, Michael Kriakowski won the uh, prologue and there's just this big headline that was like uh, you know touting him as the next Grand Tour contender and I just I hate that I hate it when when there's a guy who's like gonna like he's obviously really suited for a one week race you know like Romandy like Perinis like all these kind of things and then the second you start doing okay at that and you're like a contender regularly all of a sudden everybody's like yeah but do this three-week race it's perfect for you and you're like no it's not man it's not just let him be good at what he's good at like not everybody needs to be a grand tour winner you know like can we just can we just let people race what they're good at Dude, well, I heard that Boone has the power to become a Grand Tour contender, well, though. Stop. If so we're going to talk about this, if, if we're really going to talk about this, we can't forget to mention George Hincapie being yeah, an yeah. ultimate tour contender because he won a mountain stage. There we go. It goes with the bell that we got George Hincapie as, as our mentor. I forgot I put it in the wrong one. <laughs> so what do, you, uh, what, do you, what do you think about that little guy, about this, like, quest to always put tour contender on people no i i understand what spencer's saying i agree it's 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 often completely ludicrous the people they they decide because it does feel like the cycling press um when they have nothing else to talk about rather than doing a, an actual insightful article about how uh michael kwiatowski is a you know a really good one-day rider and really suited to shorter stage races um they would rather just talk him up as a tour contender, you know, despite the fact that he might never be there and he's certainly not at that stage yet. And I'm sure that he knows that and I'm sure that Quick Step knows that and they're not even thinking that. But God, these I hope sort of so. ludicrous articles. Um, and with uh, that, we'll be back with one good question. Zoom, kick persuasion, tick. It's an egg and spoon race, slow and steady. Desert highway, abiento. Still, I'm stuck, I can't afford it. Picture postcard, small memento. Echo shadow, echo shadow sterling silver burning furnace frozen nowhere just to get i had a friend named deadly earnest cross my heart and hope to die stick a needle in my arm praise the heavens call the cops relax there's no cause for alarm diamond rings and little babies startlements and miracles i remember pretty faces so severe and lyrical I'm talking Amelia Earhart, Nico Case, Frida Kahlo, all alone the way it 
should be I don't even need a shadow Seeds of wisdom found no purchase We don't even have a chance Birthday party Armageddon Long stem roses avalanche Broken fingers going nowhere fast Screeching to a halt All that work for nothing Oh whipping boy it's all my fault Zoom persuasion tech Zoom persuasion tech Zoom persuasion tech with our one good question this week and it's my turn to ask and i was thinking about just bikes and how exciting bikes are and how important it is to our life and now we've got you know an average of 135 listens per podcast thanks to all six of you that just listened to it many times i'm (laughs) i'm curious as to you know favorite bicycle moments bicycling moments so the question that i that i'm asking is you're what is your one single moment, and you have to choose one, in which you were like, you know what? That is riding a bike for me. That is the coolest moment. That's what I'm going to tell my grandkids about. That is that is the best thing about bikes I've ever done. And so, Spencer, I'll, I'll start it off with you. What's the best moment of biking you've ever had? This is a tough question, Timmy, um, because, you know, there's a lot of great moments. Uh on bicycles that have uh, kind of permeated through my last uh, whatever half of my life. So um, I'm sure I'm going to miss a lot of things that I that I do enjoy, but uh, some of the ones that stand out to me are, are, uh, are some of the racing um, that I've done. Um, particularly, uh, I, I came up with two examples, and I don't I really don't know which one to go with. Um, ironically, they're both racing uh, with uh, with little guy. Um, yeah so so one really really great memory that I have that might be my favorite one um, this probably is my favorite one actually was was when we were racing at the uh, at the velodrome there in Minnesota um, I was we were both cat fours uh, Where I had was just I? I don't know you might have been in Chicago then was I in the um, threes already upgraded <sighs> <laughs> anyway sorry Spencer continue this is my memory Tim this is my dream. Come on. Um, so I had gotten the nod from uh, from the track director earlier in the night that I'd be getting my upgrade and moving up to Cat Threes. Uh, so I didn't uh, I didn't have anything left to prove in the Cat Fours, but I still had to finish out the night. Um, so our uh, our big points race at the end of the night, I uh, I said, little guy, this is all for you. I'm doing 100 percent of the work for you. We're scoring every point. We're winning every preem. We're doing everything, and uh, and I just led him out for everything and I chased down everything and tried to set tempo on the front of the pack and uh, we won I think all the point sprints and we won yeah. a couple of preems that they had uh, for yeah. for free massages and different things that uh, they were giving away and uh, it was I had been racing really well for a few months up until then and uh, you know won some races and stuff but it was uh, it was the best feeling that I had uh on a bike was re- actually racing, you know, feeling great, but doing it for somebody else. Like it was a, it was a good thing. Um, selfless teammate, little guy. Do you remember I this? I do remember that. That was really good. I'll, I'll take that as your best one. Cause that, that was a really fun race. Um, <laughs> you accept that? I accept. I totally accept that. Yeah, man. There was, there was more preems in that race than I think any time I've been at the velodrome. People just kept throwing out preems and Spencer just kept weeding me out and I kept actually winning. It was insane. 
Yeah. It was yeah. great. That was, a, that was a super fun race. That was a fun yeah. All right. My 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 backup to that was racing against the little guy at the uh, at the Super Bowl when we both came down. It came down to me and him <laughs> in the finish. Of like one stop to go, like maybe ten minutes left in a three hour race and uh, there Is was a yellow light yellow light that happened in traffic on Washington Avenue and he squeezed through and I had to just check up a little bit to let a car go by and and he had that 10 or 15 second gap and it just I could not close it he beat me <laughs> and I and I finished second and it was it's haunted me ever since uh, yeah I, I hear that all right that was, so, that was a fun race that was also a, a ton of fun I do, I do want to just tack on I remember doing a Super Bowl with the three of us and we were yeah. all together and little guy and I had made a deal that w- the deal was that we were all going to get to the, the Central Avenue Bridge yep, together, yep. and then it would be open season because it ended at the uh, the bar. I think it was the Eagle was where the yep. the finish was, and so we're out there, we're gunning it, and the next thing we know, Spencer takes a right to hit the Hennepin Avenue Bridge because he's trying to low, and so low. little guy and I, I'm like screw this little guy get on my wheel like i sacrificed everything so spencer would not beat us as he tried to attack us but anyways so little guy what is your one favorite moment on a bike um yeah well those are good ones spencer has because they're also good moments for me on a bike i have to say though my favorite moment is as a kid near my house there was this area we just called the jumps and it was just all these dirt jumps and there was this huge there was like this really big drop in. Um, you, it was really high, and you drop in, and then you get this sweet jump on the other side. But all the cool kids could ride down the part you usually jumped on and ride up the drop in. You had to ride up it and then like pump forward. And as a kid, it seemed like it was like two, three stories high, and I couldn't ride up it. And I was like the only kid who couldn't ride up it, and it just drove me nuts forever. And I finally did it. And the first time I tried it, I, I totally went up and didn't pump forward and just went straight up in the air and then just fell back <laughs> down and fell oh, down no. like two stories. But then I did it, and I finally did it. And I have to say, that was like the coolest thing ever because I was like six or seven, and there was all these like 13, 14-year-old like cool dudes there, you know, with like, uh, you know, sweet hutches and stuff. And... Um, pulling that off man it just seemed like the most impossible thing in the world was was riding up the drop-in just yeah. amazing so that was, that's gotta be it i don't accept that how well, what do you think is my best moment well i mean there's several oh. but i don't understand how you can't mention the time when you won at the the velodrome in minnesota there was a points race and they used to do this thing where everybody in the crowd could write down the name of the winner. And then if, if that person won, then there was a chance for an individual to win a coupon to like Chipotle, like a $15 gift certificate. Yeah, and I remember, you specific, no <laughs> I remember you specifically winning. And then your, your you know, lovely um, wife was there and her mom. And neither of them picked you, and you won. <laughs> and then they're going through the list of like, all right, who picked the little guy? And there wasn't one, so you got the Chipotle gift certificate. That was pretty cool. It wasn't a points race. It was a, um, I think it was like a, a whatever the three lap sprint thing is, whatever the heck that is. So you that should have been wow. your that should have been your best ever. Well, cool. Well, now it's it's my turn to answer, and I you know there, there's lots of different things that that come to mind. 
Um, I got third place at a Super Bowl once, Super Bowl seven in 2005, and I was like the greatest moment ever, and that's where I got the super rookie nickname. Uh, that was that was exciting. The, I'm sure you guys thought of that one for for me, but the, mm-hmm. the, the, I, I had that. a trip with Spencer where him and I went to Super Week years ago in 2005, and this Super Week trip, I loaded up the Saturn wagon, and we brought way too many bikes, and we go to Milwaukee, and we go to our crit, and it's a Cat 4 crit, and it was the Mantawak crit, and I remember it because there was like 75 people in the race, and it was just a square, and on turn two of the square, there was like a house, like a punk house, and they were just blasting Iron Maiden the whole time on the speakers, and I remember this because I got 35 fifth in the race but it was the greatest moment ever because i finished the race with the pack and i had never been in a crit before where i finished with the pack so i was on this and i beat spencer too which also just makes to the added added Mm. excitement spencer is a little bit off the back and um (laughs) and then it was all downhill from there for our bike racing career and with that we'd like to thank you for listening to the slow ride podcast as earlier, we can be reached on email at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com, website theslowridepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at slash theslowridepodcast. I don't wanna go to pieces, easy going, afraid to fly, and so I'm running, catching fish and chopping wood. The revolution, slow time coming, I don't know what else to do. Cross my fingers, teach the children, read your fortune, storm the studios, come on, all ye faithful pilgrims. No more same old song and dance, some good ideas get overplayed. I eat my breakfast, ride my bike, and knife between my shoulder blades. See, I'm a man of many problems, up against some scary odds. We kill, we hide, we all fall down, idiots love to bury gods it doesn't happen overnight though never still i'm filled with wonder lonely like a tightrope walker hitchhiker long distance runner zoom kick persuasion tech good night for you bad night for me but i still love you lying down k-i-s-s-i-n-g not bad not bad not bad at all i tried your shoes on cigarettes and crucifixes igmar bergman alphonse moves on really boring modern music really boring modern girl get me out of here i'm drowning i don't like this modern world anti-intellect and marketing pretty pretty who needs talent crying eyes we're so outnumbered fight for the right to remain silent what do i know who am i my two left feet my big dumb face i'd do the same if i had the chance cheat the system rig the race it's all one big misunderstanding inside out i turn my coat don't look back don't move a muscle one false move that's all she wrote zoom kick persuasion tech zoom kick persuasion tech zoom kick persuasion tech